0: Uh, we have a unique set of issues that we must learn to master in order to be successful as blackpreneurs.
1: This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news and events in Hampton Roads and beyond.
2: When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall
1: Street. Black Black. Greetings, greetings, and welcome to this edition of Black Wall Street Today. I am your host, Blair Durham. We have an exciting show today. This is actually part three of our economic development series. If you joined us last week, you know we had representatives from the city of Norfolk here um, talking about various initiatives as it relates to economic development. We also had a professor from Hampton University talking about some national initiatives to spur youth entrepreneurship. Uh, So we're excited today to continue that conversation. Um, We are also excited because we are just days away from the third annual Black Diamond Affair, which is the anchor event for Black Diamond Weekend, where we're celebrating success in Black entrepreneurship and we're creating opportunities for business development. So thanks again for tuning in. If you're listening, there are going to be some ticket giveaways. So make sure you keep it locked on 88.1. I'll be talking about ways that you can get tickets, uh, entry into the event and so forth, all kinds of fun things happening today. So one of the most widely quoted statistics as it relates to the black dollar has to do with our spending power. I hear it said often that we spend over $1 trillion annually. However, as you know, those dollars have failed to really translate into significant ownership or wealth for the Black community. Uh, So our first guests today are from the city of Virginia Beach. Uh, We have with us uh, Mr. Ron Williams, who is the deputy city manager. We have Mr. Taylor Adams, who's the Finance Operations Administrator, and we also have Mr. Jeff Smith, who is a Business Development Manager with the City of Virginia Beach, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the disparity study, just sort of uh, those outcomes and what the city's plans are to address what the what the results actually said. So who would like to get started? Just kind of give us an overview of what the disparity study, uh, what it is and, and what it has meant for the city. Okay.
3: So, uh, so this is Taylor. I'll, I'll I'll go first. The the disparity study is uh, so it's a piece of economic research. We hired a firm out of Denver, Colorado. They uh, BBC Research and Consulting, uh, and so we have two uh, a team of two economists leading the study. And what they've done is they analyzed our market area first to determine okay where where are the or where is the city of Virginia Beach spending money. And yeah. then once the, once they identified that market area, they then did a piece of research to determine what is the total population of women in minority-owned firms that, with whom the city could have done business.
1: Okay. Okay.
3: After that, they said, "Okay, how much did you actually do?" And so here's what we learned. We learned that um, that we should we to. To reach a utilization number that mm-hmm. was appropriate for our region, about 12% of our total expenditures should have gone to women and minority-owned businesses. Here's the problem: um, we uh, we achieved 10%, and so 10% was our goal. That was the that was a goal that City Council adopted uh, 10 to 15 years ago. That was not a scientifically derived goal. That was just a goal that was really. I'm um, pulled out of the air to, to push. There, there was no goal prior to that. So starting with somewhere, I think just part of the conversation, somebody said 10%. And uh, and we struggled initially to meet that goal. In fact, uh, it was only through this study that we learned over a five-year period that we had actually achieved that 10% goal, which, which we're happy about. But we see that no, now knowing, now that we have the data, and we know that that goal should have been 12%, that there is more work to be done. And that's really what's driving this conversation.
1: Let me ask about the ten percent, though, because there have been a lot of questions about kind of the breakdown of those numbers. Sure. Can you talk about so there's there's women, there's minorities. What percentage of that ten percent went to women versus versus minorities?
3: So so give or take half would have been would have been achieved through basically white women-owned businesses, and so. Uh, uh, because and and that goes to the city's reporting criteria and really the way that all of these these studies are put together, if um, if a woman-owned business is also a minority-owned business, generally the minority-owned business business participation is counted first. Okay. And so so what's left, obviously, then after you when you isolate is, is for the white women-owned business population. That was give or take half of that number.
1: Okay. Okay. So that kind of that's. That's the crux of it. Is sure. what's the plan to increase the number of minority-owned businesses
3: so that so that's, that
1: to participate in those contracts?
3: That's uh, that that is where the bulk of our goals live today. So we okay. have so over the last three years, uh, we've been actively working in that space. And there's a series of things that we've done already that that are that are gaining some traction. One is. Uh, procurement opportunity committee which is uh which oddly enough or interestingly enough won the uh the alliance for innovations uh sort of award for local government innovation Uh, because uh and what that did was it takes minority owned a minority owned business that has been trying to sort of get in to see a city department Mm -hmm. and then purchasing office engages in bringing that city department to the table starts a dialogue between the two um there's uh, there are some other in, sort of efforts that happen in there to make sure that that, that, that vendor is ultimately finding a contract. Okay. Uh, long story short, it's, uh, that has resulted in $3 million. That program over two years mm-hmm. has resulted in $3 million in contracts. And new that was the opportunity
1: committee. Opportunity committee. Okay.
3: Uh, other things that we do, we've, uh, we've, we've run uh, four sections of the Contractors Institute. Um, which Jeff could talk a little more about, a little bit more about in a minute. But that's really more in, in the realm of capacity building, readiness. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We're actively engaged in taking large citywide contracts, breaking them up into chunks mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that are more, uh, I guess, that make them easier for uh, smaller and particularly minority-owned businesses to compete for. Um, particularly, and that, that cuts right back to capacity as well. Um, We are look. We are looking to the uh, to the study, though, to take us to what um, what new opportunities are out there. We uh, we we feel like there uh, that there is that there is more focus that we can bring, not just to uh, growing our minority-owned business portfolio, but also breaking down what which. uh, which minorities we're doing business with. For example, we know that we have, one of the things the study has already shown us is that, we had, that, uh, that we've had some wonderful success with, uh, with Asian-American-owned businesses. Okay. We have not necessarily seen that same success with African-American-owned businesses. Uh, we see that uh, uh, Hispanic-owned business uh, saturation is, uh, is actually growing quite well in construction right now. So the next Let me p- just
1: cut you right there sure. for a moment. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Black Wall Street today with Blair Durham. We're here with a gentleman from the City of Virginia Beach having a conversation about the disparity study and their plans, really, to address the disparity with regard to minority-owned businesses receiving contracts from the City of Virginia Beach. Yeah. You were saying,
3: yeah, and so, and so, the conversation for us within within the city right now is, um, how do we, how do we really? Uh, utilize all of this new data that we got out of the study yeah. to get into this to get into what are, what should be far more specific goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that last year we did business with more African American owned businesses than we did with any other uh, with any other category of minority owned business that was tracked. However, uh, we're seeing the uh, we're seeing the lowest percentages in that space, What tells me is there's a population that we are not reaching and that there's work to be done there.
1: Okay. Yeah, so, so I've got two questions then. The first is, I know we've identified sort of an overarching goal of 12%, right? What is the goal, or has a goal been established specifically for minority-owned businesses within that 12% or?
3: So, so no, this is where um, we presented the draft, we presented draft results to city council. Okay. Um, about three weeks ago. Okay. I anticipate that in the next 10 days we'll get the final report we really want to take a minute to dive into that and understand, particularly what those more granular goals should be, because because I'll tell you one thing that we're seeing is an overarching goal is not getting us to where we need to be.
1: Right, right.
3: We we've got to we I need we need to see those final results, understand what's in there, and and I, I can't speak for what what our what our what our policymakers will do, but but I would but at the programmatic level, I think it's important for us to to use that data to then focus in on, okay, what should, what's an appropriate goal for Asian American owned businesses, mm-hmm. for Hispanic American owned businesses, for African American owned businesses, so that, so that we're using this study that, 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 to, uh, to accomplish what is the right goal for our community.
1: Yeah, I love it. So let me ask this, um, in terms of sort of managing the oversight of um, what happens with the study, is there another firm in place for that? Is there an opportunity there for someone to come in and participate?
3: So, um, so not yet, and but but only because we're not holding the, uh, the, the the final study yet. What what we know is that there is an obligation to to monitor performance. Yeah. Um, once these once sort of whatever programmatic changes we make are established. So so to to that end, yes, we we know that there will be a need to have somebody helping us remain current. Uh, I think it's great if that's a third party. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 the reality is, we're, I would tell you, we're just not that far yet.
1: Yeah. Okay. What else? I know you mentioned perhaps someone else from your department.
4: This is, <clears throat> this is Ron Williams. Um, Thank you, Ron. Really, we've kind of got a two-pronged approach when we look at economic vitality. Okay. Uh, we, we just spent a you know a number of minutes talking about how to do business with the city mm-hmm. and understanding the metrics on that, but also how do you do business in the city, um, you know business to business B2B um, capacity building uh, opportunities for entrepreneurial growth mentoring uh, innovation challenges yeah. and partners, leveraging partnerships is the space and the conversation that we're having within the Department of Economic Development. Um, leveraging partnerships, you know, it's pretty cool. We're here at Hampton University, Mm -hmm. whom we do have a partnership with, and we're collaborating in the bioscience space and bringing the National Mm -hmm. Institutes of Health National Conference here next year, and that was uh, through the leadership of Hampton University, but also our relationship together. Um, But that capacity building of number one, how do you just become and and, and, and be a, a business person? We need more of it. We can't do it uh, ourselves as just the city, and so that's gonna be a focus, particularly in 2019, um, for uh, business startup and growth. Uh, Business retention uh, and expansion of of existing businesses is really 85 to 90% of economic development. Uh, yes. You know, we don't. The whale hunting and trying to large an ADP like you know that came in. Uh, that's rare. Um, of course, we want relationships and we do market uh, internationally and domestically. Um, but usually, that's that's a helping an expansion or a supply chain. Uh, for another type of business that we already have. For example, a significant cluster has grown around steel and the chainsaws that they make, well, you've got gears and parts and, and other uh, suppliers that have come and, and clustered around that industry. So looking at our strengths of our city geographically and our economy that we where we sit in the Hampton Roads region is where we wanna focus and say, okay, these are where you can leverage and this is where you can have opportunity We want to be that place where you can have some critical mass of partnerships that know how to help someone learn how to be in business, how to be successful in business, and then how to get business.
1: Yeah. I love it
4: and Jeff spends a lot of time on that and in fact in the Contractors Institute is one of those and some other programs that we'll have in 2019
1: okay, Good. real quick if you've just turned, tuned in this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street today we are here with Jeff Smith Taylor Adams and Ron Williams from the city of Virginia Beach talking about um, economic development we're talking about the disparity study opportunities and certainly the city's plans to um, ensure access so as a SWAM manager kind of what's what's your role in the
2: City and, and how are things working. Yeah, thanks. Uh, what we try and do in economic development, we look at the partnerships that we have, and we try and leverage those for the small women-owned minority businesses. And um, we do that through a series of workshops and forums that allows a small business owner to get access to larger corporate corporations, to, so they can understand how they can do go about doing business within those large corporations. Um, we're very active in the Carolinas, Virginia. Minority Supplier Development Council. Uh, we're planning on bringing them to Virginia Beach for a conference in August of 2019. Okay.
1: What was that again?
2: The Carolinas-Virginia Minority Supplier Development Council.
1: Carolina-Virginia Minority Supplier Development, Development
2: Council. Council. Correct.
1: Okay. okay, and you said that was going to August be... of 2019.
2: Got it. Okay. Um, what that is, that is a group, that is a certification arm which provides certifications for Um, small women-owned minority businesses such that corporations could have a comfort level that they have the capacity to do work within their organization. Um, Some of the organizations that are uh, corporate members are Wells Fargo, uh, Boeing, um, BMW, Capital One. Um, So there are quite a few that are regional um, throughout Carolinas and Virginia, which only broadens the opportunity for the small business community. I love it. Let
1: me ask you about your goals sort of within your department um, is your role more do you, are you you're working directly with businesses Correct. I assume Correct. yes Correct. okay Correct. so do you have a set number of contracts within your department that you're expected to help facilitate or is it sort of you know, you're just responding to requests for information? or No, it's not so were- much
2: responding to requests. Our ultimate goal is to grow revenue for the city of Virginia Beach. And, that- in, our, and, and in doing such, we are reaching out to organizations, whether it be, um, sm- again, small women on a minority, and to try and assist them, whether it be through workshops to help them build capacity or even make contact with organizations so they can do business to business. So that is our effort.
1: Okay, okay,
4: got it. And one of our biggest metrics, um, Blair, is really job creation.
1: Got it. Um,
4: and so how do we grow the economy here in, in, in Virginia Beach and in Hampton Roads? Um, you know, we were a we were a lag in recovery uh, comparatively across the United States as a region, mm-hmm. um, in part because we were a lag. We're going into the recession, but we were a lag coming out of the recession in our net new job creation. And we, it was only this past year that we actually got back to pre-recession levels as far as employment uh, for the region. Uh, now, thankfully, uh, it, it's good news, bad news. We are we have very low unemployment, um, but we have a, we have a, a job fills a filling gap, um, and so we need to create more job opportunity and also skills uh, to fill those. Um, but really, that's the biggest metric is is
3: creating opportunities, through jobs. And I love
1: it. And Blair,
3: if I can add one sure.
1: thing. Sure, I was gonna um, say, yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and it's important to note there's a member of my team who actually works very closely with Jeff on the on the doing business with the city, uh, sort of part of the conversation. Lavera Tolentino is her name.
1: Lavera, and, yes.
3: And and Lavera is is in that sort of outreach piece that you're talking about, connecting vendors with what with city contracting opportunities every day. And she's been very successful in that space. So
4: maybe describe one of your expos.
3: That's that's right. So uh, just was eighth, November eighth. Yeah. yeah, we we had our I think it was our 21st annual uh, Minority Business Council Expo. We had we had just over 300 minority-owned businesses uh, pre-register or register on sort Fantastic. of inside, and I think we had over 200 attend. Uh, every city department was there um, at a table with contracting opportunities, as well as um, 40 other public agencies from around Hampton Roads. So. So that very much was, uh, and, and Lavera did a great job in working with our leaders on the Minority Business Council to plan that event and execute it, and, and with Jeff as well. And uh, it's it's become a real, it's become one of the things we, we most look forward to. We also just finished a project information session on the Virginia Beach Sports Center down at the oceanfront. Um, again, where we, a large, a large city project that is coming, that is, that is in design, entering construction. And so we are uh, we had both of those, both the contractor that will build the facility and the contractor that will operate the facility on site looking for subcontractors. So again, a very successful event.
1: I love it. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street today. We're here with representatives from the city of Virginia Beach talking about economic development. This is part three of our series there. I've got to ask you guys about this. Pharrell Williams. <laughs> Something in the water. What can you say about it?
4: Well, brief thumbnail sketch. Okay. Uh, and at some point, his team should come uh, speak with you. At yes, least. That they'll Would be love able to do that him. in early 2019. Sure. But thumbnail sketches, thankfully, we have a world-renowned superstar that came from Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. And he's ready to bring some of that power of being a superstar back to Virginia
1: Beach. Yeah. Uh, we have an opportunity. Is there a focus within that on economic development? There is. All? Something in the water
4: is akin to South by Southwest. So if you want to familiarize yourself with the format, it's a conference and a festival together with con- it's a content-driven, entrepreneurial-oriented uh, opportunity that's multicultural, uh, inclusive, and it's going to give something that, frankly, I'll admit has been a, a challenge for us with College Beach Week at the last uh, weekend in April. Uh, it gives us something to program, it gives something to do, and it gives people the opportunity to be inspired about the businesses, the artists, the mathematicians, the athletes, and all the type of programming that they're looking to bring.
1: So I know that you guys do a number of festivals. I think you do a great job in the city of Virginia Beach with festivals. My last question is: what is what is that process? If someone has an idea for programming that's going to become something, you know, along these lines, who do they approach with it?
4: We have a, there a we yeah. have a, a events office okay. that they can get a permit uh, through our Convention and Visitors Bureau, um, and that's what this is. Pharrell's bringing a. A very experienced uh, team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're essentially the permitting agency. Okay. Um, okay. You know, we'll provide support like we normally do for any other, and there's some cost recovery in there for our support uh, for public safety, and transportation. So but, someone uh, but somebody has an can idea go for to the events office. Of a they bring it to visitor. the
1: event office. There's, yeah. a, I assume, a formal review yes. and mm-hmm. interviewing That's process. Right. Yeah. Okay.
4: To understand the impacts, yes. You sure. Know. I should say, if more information about Virginia Beach Economic Development, uh, com, uh, or you can call our office at 757-385-6464.
1: Yes, com. Okay, how else can you be reached? And what do you have going on next? Anything coming up that you want to talk about? Workshops, um, anything.
2: I'm in the process now of scheduling our workshop series. This will be our fifth year for our workshop series. Okay. And if you go to yesvirginiabeach.com, we'll have that online by December 15th, which okay. will outline all the workshops through um, probably August of 2019.
1: Okay. Any social media presence that we can reference here?
2: It's all at the
3: bottom on yesvirginiabeach.com okay. that you can reach that. Yes.
1: All right.
4: Perfect. Wait.
1: Gentlemen. Oh, go right ahead.
3: One more thing quickly on the doing business with the city of, uh, the city of Virginia sure. Beach. We'd encourage you to go to bbgov.com go to the purchasing website there. There's a list that's updated every week of all of our new and upcoming opportunities for contracting with the city. Would, that's right. And, purchasing. and 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 the and for anyone who would like, we welcome you to to call the purchasing office. That they can actually put they can actually add your name to a list where where you'll where we will email you a copy of those new those new opportunities every week.
1: I love that list. There's everything on it from landscaping opportunities mm-hmm. to painting opportunities. That,
3: that's exactly right. Yeah. And 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 the full gamut from the smallest thing mm-hmm. to the largest thing. So so in, encourage everyone to to have a look at that if they can.
1: Okay. Wonderful. This has been great. Thank you three so much for being here today. And I certainly look forward to having you again. I appreciate all of what you're doing in Virginia Beach. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Welcome back. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street. Today, we are in part three of our series on economic development. And our next guest is a social entrepreneur who has worked as a referee for the NBA for the last 25 years. I am so excited to bring Mr. Tony Brothers on the line. Tony, how are you today?
5: I'm great. How about you?
1: I am doing well. Can't hear you. There we are. Yep, doing really well. How are you?
5: I'm doing good. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Tony, first of all, I just want to commend you on all of the wonderful things that you do in our community. Um, you are such an inspiration. Still can't hear you at all on my end. Let me start get that adjusted. Okay. So just getting, getting started. Could you talk a little bit about what it is that inspired you in terms of entrepreneurship? How'd you get started? Um, what made you kind of take that leap?
5: Well, I'm more of a philanthropist than an entrepreneurial. I mean, I, um, I one kind of leads you into the other. But um, what sent me there, and as far as philanthropy was concerned, was when my mother passed away. Looking for something to do to try to get myself um, back in a position where I felt I was moving forward, I was at a serious standstill mentally, and. Yeah. Um, and so I had to get out there and do some things. My sister, excuse me, started a nonprofit and I was working with her and um, then eventually branched off. And um, Monica and I started a nonprofit working with uh, single moms and then on to what I'm doing now, which is uh, with underserved men, um, which... In doing this, it sends you out into the business world where you are trying to get organizations, companies, everybody to Mm -hmm. participate in what you're doing. And so one thing sort of led to another, but um, more on the philanthropy side than anything else um, is where I kind of sit. And as I said, it was um, directly related to the loss of my mother. I don't know that I would be doing these things now, but... For all of us, there are always things that send us in a certain direction. So I'm yeah. glad that I'm in the place that I'm in.
1: As am I. Let me ask you, a focus on underserved men. What does that look like? What are some of the the goals, the outcomes of your of your programs?
5: Well, um, now what I have done, um, it's been over the years, it's everything uh, evolves and you work to try to get things into a more efficient and better performing way. And so with Men for Hope now, what I do is I partner with other organizations. So one of the organizations is an achievable dream that is based over in Newport News. And we also have a school in Virginia Beach and uh, one in Henrico, uh, Henrico County. And so, Um, their mission and what they have done over the years is um, pretty incredible. They have a 100% graduation rate. 90% Mm -hmm. of the kids go to college and 10% go in the military or the trade school. Mm -hmm. And nobody else can um, even come close to those type of outcomes. So as opposed to me trying to create a school and, and they serve that underserved population. It consists of boys and girls but um and our primary focus is on boys but still it, it, it serves the purpose and it does what i would like to do so as opposed to me reinventing the wheel i decided that i would partner with them on my celebrity weekend and so the proceeds or part of the proceeds from our celebrity weekend goes there the other entity that we partnered with was the boys and girls club of southeast virginia and our celebrity golf tournament proceeds go there and both of those organizations. Um, assist in raising money for the events. And so we're just really trying to be a catalyst to helping other organizations get stronger versus creating everybody has an idea for a nonprofit as opposed to creating all these nonprofits and straining the dollars that are needed to help. Um, if we could all get together and focus on a common goal and all work together towards that, then we could get the resources going where the resources can be used the most.
1: Got it. So when you say a focus on underserved men, then you're more so speaking about this idea of collaboration and sort of uh, getting men engaged with, um, you know, benefiting the community in some way?
5: Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you look at the things that have, have happened, you know, when we as biblically, men are, when I say head of the household, I don't mean bossing people around, but there is a sort of, um, um, you know, there's a loss here of um, how things have been and where we need to be to get men to where they feel responsible. I guess is what I'm, uh, what I'm getting at. And so, if we can't create that responsibility in young men, where when they do get a family, they feel responsible, head of the household, I'm responsible for this household then um, I think a lot of things are gonna be lost. My mom was a single mom and I watched her hard. She had to work, now my dad, he made sure we had the things that we needed, but it's still my mom had to negotiate and navigate life with two kids on her own. Mm -hmm. And I just believe that if we can get to that underserved population and get some skills, some social skills in their hands, that they should be getting academic education, but get some social skills in their hands, then we can create stronger families. So that's the idea.
1: I absolutely love it. So let me ask this. Uh, You are uh, the keynote speaker for the third annual Black Diamond Affair, which is hosted by Black brand, the regional Black Chamber of Commerce. What is it that people can expect in terms of your your keynote presentation?
5: Well, I um I went on a trip to South Africa in the summer, and not going to tell you much about it. it Come so they can um, hear because <laughs> the whole goal of this is to raise money to help other people. Absolutely. Um, but um, I went to South Africa this summer, and um, I learned a lot. Um, and just being at in well, I was in South Africa, and I went to Zimbabwe, and then in Zimbabwe, stayed at a, a safari resort. And the way, the dynamics of the resort and how the people there function, are what I'm going to talk about as it relates to business and how we do business and what we do. Um, I, it was a lot to be learned from those people and and there'll be a lot to share as far as that's concerned
1: fantastic Tony I want to thank you so much for your time today I look forward to seeing you on Friday
5: I, I look forward to there. having you
1: back on the show
5: well so we'll work on that and <laughs> get that done And um, <laughs> but I will see you on Friday for sure
1: perfect thanks so much we'll talk soon alright you're welcome awesome And our next guest is actually an honoree. Um, She will receive the Excellence in Empowerment Through Entrepreneurship Award at the third annual Black Diamond Affair happening this Friday at the Virginia Beach Weston Town Center. Miss Janita Castillo, how are you? Yes, hi, how are you? I'm great. Oh, awesome. I'm so delighted to get to meet you today.
6: Absolutely, likewise. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm inspired by your entrepreneurship. Thank you. I'm inspired <laughs> by this as well. Yes. So again, I, I, we, we'd like to hear your story. So, when someone moves to inspire others, they they have some underlying inspiration. What is yours? How did you get to this place where you birth, live, inspired, and you're um, creating all of these wonderful empowerment events in our community? Wow.
6: So where do I begin with that? you know from a little girl it's always been inside of me to inspire and I've always uh, known that entrepreneurship was something that I was supposed to um, involve myself into the workplace was never for me you know there's always been a burning desire inside of me for more and um, I broke out of that (laughs) and my goal is, is to inspire people not just women I do a lot of women empowerment um, things but my goal is to inspire people to live the life that they were destined to live because I know there's a lot of people out there just getting by and uh living lives in a in a box and I want to be able to take people outside of that box
1: I love it and so talk a little bit about kind of what's on the radar for for your company over the next several months what do you have going on
6: well, in January, I have a uh, fitness extravaganza that will be at the Scope in in Norfolk, Virginia um, on January huge. 5th, 2019 um, from 1 to 6 p.m. So I'm flying in people from several different places. And it's going to be a big uh, New Year fitness event to get people on the track and even myself <laughs> for the new year to start a healthy lifestyle. So my platform is to empower all people and um
1: um... I don't think Hampton Roads has ever seen anything like what you're doing in terms of fitness in an arena that large. That is exciting.
6: Well, yeah, there is it's another um, fitness platform that does that um, throughout the year um, okay, okay. in April or May in Hampton. But I wanted to bring the New Year aspect in it because that's when people are thinking about, oh, I want to, you know, start new. I want to start fresh. I want a clean slate. So the New Year is a representation of a clean slate. And I want to give people the opportunity and, you know, have my platform um, create that clean slate for people.
1: I love it. And what's, what's big picture for Janita? Where are we going in the next? Because you're doing huge, right? So I'm sure you've got a five-year and a 10-year. You know what? Other benchmarks in place. My
6: my faith guides me, and I put it all in God's hands. However, you know, my my ultimate goal is to have one of the largest empowerment platforms um, there is. You know, I started out doing this thing, um, doing fundraisers for people. And um, I just recently got into the Women Empowerment Conferences and things like that and the Women in Business um, Expos. So I want to make it really big. I want people to be inspired by my life. You know, I laid out my life for this thing. I quit my corporate job to, you know, to do this full time. Um, It's not about the money for me. The money isn't the goal. This is my livelihood now. However, you know, my ultimate goal is to inspire people to live that life that they're searching for. For and to be the example that it is possible. So, in the near future, um, I want my events to grow and, you know, become that go-to for people to leave and want to change their lives for the better.
1: Yeah. I love the platform because it reminds me of the fact that, you know, all of us are going through stuff, right? Life takes like, us all through. It, it it drags us. Absolutely. And and for a lot of us, and that it grows becomes, us. It does. <laughs> but for a lot yeah. of us, that could become the reason why we don't live inspired, why mm-hmm. we may not take that step into entrepreneurship or into just whatever purpose looks like. Yeah. Right. And so I love yeah. that your platform says, no. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're gonna right. live life together. It's gonna be tough. Yes. But right. we're also going. Going to... Uh, we're going to take steps to live our dreams. Yeah, those are huge. the things,
6: those nasty things that happened to us in our past. Those are the things that supposed to push us forward. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't go through anything, you don't have a story to right. tell. You know, I right. definitely have a story. But I'm not broken from my story. I use that to catapult me to the next level in life. And, you know, I I walk and live in freedom and I walk and live in purpose. And I, I walk my walk. I just don't talk my talk. People see me on social media all the time, inspiring and putting the inspiring messages and things like that and putting on the inspiring events. But that is an extension of my life. And that is what I believe. Everything you do is supposed to be an extension of you you know Absolutely. so yeah that is what it is tell me. us
1: about the most recent event what was the kind of call to action and what was what went on so my most recent event was the
6: um the purpose event and in pursuit of purpose so that was right after i quit my job and that event, like I said, you know, talked about it, an extension of yourself, was an extension of what I just did. Yeah. I was in pursuit of my purpose, mm-hmm. you know. I quit my job in pursuit of what I truly live for and what I was truly made to do. So that event brought uh, women together and in the end, some men were there. So it was a platform for everyone And um, I had Isabel Davis, the um, stellar award-winning gospel artist um, there, and um, speakers, and we all just came together and empowered women to also walk in that same pursuit. Now, am I telling everyone to quit their jobs tomorrow and go pursue what sets your heart on fire? Well. Kind of, (laughs) but however, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever you were made to do, find that because it is my belief. And this is why I do what I do. It is is my belief that we all have a specific assignment here on Earth Mm -hmm. and you're not fulfilled and you're not fulfilling your assignment until you find that and start to walk in it. Mm -hmm. So that is what I'm doing. And that is. What I uh, scream <laughs> on the mountaintop, pursue your purpose. I'm in Love pursuit that. of my purpose and I want others to be in pursuit of theirs.
1: So let me implore you further or, or ask you this because people are on that journey. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you're really like, oh, should I know what my purpose was? How'd you find it? Oh man, How'd was find it a it? was it a series of sort of events that kind of culminated in your realization? Boom, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, or was it a was it a was it a one off kind of scenario, or was it a little of both? What would you say?
6: You know, it was a journey. Um yeah. Like I said, you know, I had a a, a kind of rocky path, as you know, some of us have, and um, it was just digging deep and taking those hard moments and. Um, learning from from them. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to learn from those moments in life and just put it all together because they're all pieces to a puzzle.
1: So there was like a through line.
6: Yes, it was okay. just a journey of, of just different experiences and, and different things. And, you know, you'll find that some things just fall in, into your lap. I never thought that I would be planning events. I, I didn't know what an event planner does. I didn't go to school for it, you know. But um, like I said, my, my my faith guides me and, um, and my prayer every morning is... God use me, send me, I'll go. And wherever that place is, that's where I'm I'm headed to. And um, it just ended up being this way, and I'm all for it. And this is not the end of the story. Like, will I always do what I do? I don't know. But, you know, I'm here for the journey I'm here for it all so it kind of just falls together somehow and it's kind of unexplainable you know how it all works out especially when you're walking you know in a genuine manner and you're doing this in a genuine way so
1: love it yeah Wow, I'm just so excited that we're going to celebrate all that you are and all that you I appreciate
6: doing. it, you know, it's kind of like, oh man, somebody noticed me? Because I don't do it for attention and I never, you know, like I, I said before, my circle is small and, you know, I'm just out here, you know, trusting God and living my life. And um, to be recognized, I'm I'm honored to be recognized, but it's kind of like, oh boy, <laughs> really, you know, someone recognizes what I'm doing, Um and, and, and that's a great thing and something I have to grow into that people will see, you know, what I'm doing, although that it's not my, I'm not a lime light, a, a, a light person, not you know, I'm not the seeking the light. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Janita, <laughs> thank you again so much for being here. Absolutely. I thank look you. forward to seeing you on Friday. Yes, I can't wait for Friday. Yes. And if you would, just share the link really quickly in terms of how people can get more information about the January event.
6: So the January event, you can get it at www.getfitextravaganza.com, and you'll be able to get all the information there.
1: Perfect, perfect. Thanks again, and Thank we you. will see you soon. See look you soon. I look forward to having you back on the show as well. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, next up, I told you we had an action-packed show. I am delighted to introduce Professor Devin Robinson Devin Robinson hails from Atlanta, Georgia, and he is known as the Entrepreneur's Professor. Devin, are you there?
0: Yes, I'm here. Can
1: you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. I'm so glad you're here. How are you? What is your stance on entrepreneurship? The focus for today's show is economic development. How is it that entrepreneurship will spur economic development for the Black community?
0: Well, obviously... um First of all, not enough money stays in the black community, and that's largely because we don't have enough black-owned businesses. Uh, The consumers of our community typically live in our community, but the people that have the businesses there, you know, doesn't live there. And there's a whole economic paradigm explanation that goes in to really illustrate um, the real problem with that. I know it's a lot of cliché talking about support black business or circulate color, but it, it really affects a lot of Uh, uh, areas of our lives that that we really don't see that's connected to entrepreneurship. But the unique part about entrepreneurship for uh, for the black community, which I call blackpreneurship, is uh, we have a unique set of issues that we must learn to master in order to be successful as blackpreneurs. And really, it's a separate study from general entrepreneurship.
5: Yes, because it is. much of
0: what much of what we learn and what's taught to us about entrepreneurship is really not applicable to people of our community. There are certain things that we must be able to master and understand first before we can just shotgun ourselves into some of the principles and teachings that we hear about entrepreneurship. So, Professor so, Robinson, very, very
1: what are you? Yeah. What are going to be those takeaways then from your class on Saturday at the Black Expo?
0: Well, I attack some of the top. Um, issues that we face, right? I wrote my book, Blackpreneurship, Fifty Obstacles, Black Entrepreneurs Face and how to how to how to overcome them. But there's some real key components uh, to, to, to uh, entrepreneurship for the black community that we gotta really get get a hold of in order for us to be successful. And one is access to adequate capital. Absolutely two being able to attract high skilled workers
1: and we got three, about 15 seconds. What's the third one? Absolutely.
0: And three, being able to produce high quality products and high paying customers. Those, those are the things that we really have to nail down and get under our belt.
1: Will you touch on the seven steps to starting a beauty supply chain when you're in town?
0: Oh, I can. Absolutely. Can. We've opened right. 106 stores to date, and absolutely I can get into 106
1: black owned beauty supply chains. That's, that's what I'm talking about, right. Professor Robinson. Hey, and last thing, as promised, five best hashtags for black entrepreneurs according to black enterprise. The hashtag black entrepreneur is crucial for black entrepreneurs, wanting to attract online attention. It identifies you as an entrepreneur of color and it helps you connect with the rapidly growing black entrepreneur community. Be sure to use this hashtag on multiple social networking platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Next, hashtag pitch black hashtag pitch black another must use uh, hashtag for black entrepreneurs wanting to connect with movers and shakers within the black startup and investment sector pitch black refers to black entrepreneurs pitching their startup companies to angel investors and venture capitalists add it to your social media post and you'll be surprised at how quickly your entrepreneurial endeavors will be spotted by investors specifically looking for entrepreneurs of color Next, hashtag support black business is a hashtag that helps introduce your black owned business or potential customers and investors online. Whether you want to attract local customers in your own community or connect with angel investors wanting to support black and Latino entrepreneurs, using the hashtag support black business in your social media posts will help you connect with those interested in supporting your ventures. Number four, hashtag shop black. If you sell products as a black entrepreneur, consider integrating hashtag Shop black into your social media strategy. And last but certainly not least is the hashtag black tech for black entrepreneurs building technology companies. That hashtag is essential. Add it to your post on social media and networking sites and there's a great chance you'll attract investor attention from black focused investors like at Arlen was here. Being social media savvy, as we know, is imperative for Black owners wanting to increase their success rate. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week.